This is Contractor Sense with Ruth King. Welcome to Contractor Sense. Here you discover ideas, tactics, news, and information that matters to your contracting business and you. I'm your host, Ruth King. This episode is sponsored by HVAC Trustbooks. Go to HVACTrustbooks.com to discover how this tool can help you close more sales. Thank you for joining us. Here's how we will help your business and you today. The summer has finally hit. You are really busy and you can't see straight. You're going to think that I'm absolutely nuts because this podcast deals with inventory in busy times. I don't want you to make some of the mistakes that cost you money and you don't pay attention to it now rather than seeing it in September. I've had many contractors over the years realize that they had really busy summers, but they weren't very profitable. And when they pay all their bills at the end of the summer, they have very little cash left to carry them through the winter. That's not what I want to have happen to you. And remember that inventory is a bet. You're betting your hard-earned dollars that you're going to be able to sell something that you purchase because you haven't sold it yet. It has to go into inventory. So I see a lot of times in the summertime people going, oh my gosh, it doesn't matter. It's We're busy. I can pay for it. Well, guess what? Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. So I've got seven things I want to talk to you about as they relate to inventory. And please do not do these things so that you will have better chance of having cash at the end of the summer rather than having it sucked up by parts and pieces that you may or may not be able to use until next summer. So number one, it's just too easy, excuse me, just too easy to pick up another part. After all, you think I'm going to use it. I have all these service calls to go or all my guys have all these demand service calls and we'll just use the parts. Well, guess what? Maybe you will and maybe you won't. You should have the same stringent inventory requirements that you have in slower times that you have in busier times. So make sure that, you know, if you're going to be ordering parts, you're going to be ordering parts for what you need or for your minimum quantities in your warehouse. And I want to talk about that for a second. For those of you who have warehouses, you should have a minimum number of parts and a maximum number of parts. So let's just take a capacitor, for example. Those have a tendency to be, at least in the South, one of the most common, most frequent repairs that service technicians make. So you want to make sure that you have enough enough capacitors on your trucks. But how much is enough? That's really the question that you want to ask. So what you want to do is find out, okay, if you do six service calls in two days, or eight, let's do eight service calls in two days for a day, Are you going to use eight capacitors? Well, probably not, but you might use four. So if you only restock trucks once a week and you're going to use eight capacitors in a week, you're going to have to restock that truck with eight capacitors. Now, in the busy times, you may not have time to think about this and figure out what those numbers are, but in analyzing the numbers, this fall when it gets slower or early next spring before you make some stocking orders, you'll be able to tell on average how many capacitors get used by a certain service technician during the busier times. And the number that he should have on his truck or she should have on her truck is the amount that it would take to replace, assuming you replace every two days or every week or whatever it is. 
So you don't want to have, you know, 1,000 capacitors if you're only going to use 100. And that's the scary part, if you want to call it that, when it gets really busy, you think, okay, I can afford it, I can pay for this, da-da-da-da, let me just go buy, a you know, 100 of them. Well, are you going to use 100 or not? It's not worth spending your hard-earned cash for something that you think that you're going to use when you don't know that you're going to use it. So have a minimum and a maximum number of contactors, capacitors, motors, whatever, on your trucks and in your warehouse. This way you can make sure that you have the parts that you need for your customer's locations and you don't send a technician to a supply house for a filter. Not exactly a good type of thing, all right? So number one, it's just too easy to pick up another part. You may or may not use it. Number two, and I see this all the time in the summer, you're forgetting about returning warranty parts. You're so busy. You are crazy busy, and the warranty parts just get stuck in a, in a corner of a warehouse. And if the warranty has to be returned in 30 days, then guess what? Sometimes it's, oh my gosh, I forgot all about it, and it's 40 days. And you've lost that ability to get that replacement part. And you are paying for that extra part. It is much better for somebody to always keep track of warranty, even when it gets busy. I've seen thousands of dollars in compressors sitting in a warehouse waiting to be returned simply because nobody had time to do warranty. It's really important to always continue to do warranty even when you're busy. Number three is to do your material lists. And here's what I mean by material lists. When you sell a job or one of your salespeople sells a job, it's that salesperson's responsibility in most cases to figure out what's needed on that job. So the salesperson goes and creates a material list for that job. That material list is probably pretty standard, and he might add in a couple of specialized things here or there, but he should be able to check off what he needs for a particular job. And that material list gets handed to somebody in the warehouse who pulls the information, information, who pulls the parts and has them located in a specific part of the warehouse. Then when the installation crew comes in, they come in, they look at the material list, they verify that all the parts are there, they sign off on the material list, and then they get out and go to the job. It's important that they do sign off on the list because you don't want one of them calling in and saying, oh, we forgot this, or we forgot that or something like that when it was on the material list. Now, the other thing that you have to be careful about is to make sure that their quote-unquote consumable materials on their trucks is also stocked properly. So a lot of times what you will do is you will ask, do you need any duct tape? Do you need any screws? Do you need any wire nuts? Do you need, you know, the little stuff that having to run to a supply house because you ran out of wire nuts is insane. That wire nut will cost you 100 bucks. Do the math. It will, by the time you stop work, go there, get it, and restart work, it takes you a lot of money just simply to get those wire nuts. Not exactly a good idea. All right, so when we get back from break, I'm going to give you the other four things that you must do with inventory in the summer so that the bets that you're making on inventory will actually be used rather than causing you to have an cash flow expense at the end of summer. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. 
I've seen my clients' salespeople struggle when a customer asks why they should use your company rather than the competition when your price is higher and you both are proposing the same equipment. I've seen technicians struggle when customers ask them whether they should replace an 18-year-old air conditioner. And most salespeople and technicians never ask the one question that most customers are concerned about, yet never ask. Can I trust you? I found a tool that gives your salespeople and technicians the ammunition to answer this question and more. And the tool works. How do I know? 68% of my clients are using it to increase sales and referrals. What is it? A trust book with your name on it as the author. More details are at HVACTrustBooks.com. Warning, there is only one contractor per area that can get these great books. Some areas are already taken. They've gone to my clients. If you want your area and want to have a tool for your salespeople and technicians to increase referrals and sales, then go to HVACTrustBooks.com now and reserve your area. Eliminate costly warranty leak repair headaches. Three years ago, Ruth King wrote a leak policy letter for one of her clients who was dealing with huge warranty leak issues. When she gave the letter to technicians and trained them on how to use it, warranty leaks went from zero, that's right, zero. Then, she gave the letter to one of her other clients and any contractor who wanted it. The results? The same. Zero warranty leak repairs. The unexpected benefits? An increase in replacement sales. Ruth shares the letter with anyone and everyone who wants it. So, get your sample leak policy letter for free. No strings, no catches, no guarantee results. Go to hvacchannel.tv or call us at 877-520-4321. Click on the link in the middle of the homepage to get your free leak policy letter. I hope you experience zero warranty leak repairs and eliminate a major costly headache. We are back. Thanks for listening to Contractor Sense. Before the break, we started talking about inventory issues when it gets busy. So think about it when you're picking up parts. It's just too easy to pick up a part that you may or may not use was number one. Number two is always, always, always continue to send back warranty parts. And number three, which we covered before the break, was make sure that you do the material lists or your salespeople do the material lists and they, the warehouse person or somebody in the warehouse gets all the materials ready for the job, puts it in a special place. Tech, the installers come in, load up, and get out. Now, number four of inventory is to lock up the warehouse. And you might think, okay, why should we lock up the warehouse now? I have watched in the very busy times when they're too busy to, to take two seconds or five seconds to write down what they used, service technicians walked into a lock cage, pull out four capacitors, two contactors, a motor here, need I go on, and then don't write it down, and who knows where that stuff is going. Inventory's a bet. Make sure that you track all of your bets. So by locking up the warehouse and somebody has the key to it, that person can be responsible for writing down everything that that technician took or be responsible for all the materials that are going to a specific job. That's important. All right, number five, use purchase orders and not just with a customer's name. How many purchase orders do I see that has the Smith house or the Jones job or company A, B, and C job, right? Then that same purchase order goes to six different suppliers who are providing six different parts of that particular job. You can't track it. 
you need to be able to make sure that what is going to the Smith's job has a purchase order assigned to every supplier who is going to be supplying materials for the Smith job. The only way you can make sure that everything is accurate for that particular job is for them to have distinct and individual purchase orders. And the other thing about it is a lot of times somebody going into the parts house, ah, shiny new toy. They'll go and slip that onto that particular purchase order and somebody's so busy they don't even see it. Or they think, okay, I'm gonna get six motors when I really only need four or something along those lines. Again, match your purchase orders, make sure that the techs tell you what they are buying for those purchase orders. And again, match them with the invoices that come in for your suppliers to make sure that nothing got added, whether it was a tool or an extra part that didn't need to be bought. Likewise, if one of your parts runners is picking up materials, each job should have a separate purchase order. It just is way too confusing if they don't. So he may be picking up four different purchase orders. That's fine. You know that purchase order A is for the Smith job, purchase order B is for the Jones job, purchase order C is for company ABC, and on and on and on and on and on. Oh, and the thing about parts runners. Parts runners, especially when it's really busy, can be very, very profitable for your company. People can stay working on the jobs. The parts runners can go pick up what they need. I have seen parts runners who are, you know, kids, so to speak, and really get into liking what they are doing. They become an extra set of hands. And I've had many over the years go to tech school and then become really phenomenal techs. So a lot of times the entree into our industry is through being a parts runner. Number six is to track purchase orders against the supplier bills. I kind of did that with number five, but just make sure that your employees aren't adding tools, they're not adding extra materials or whatever when you get the bill. If you see that happening, you've got to make sure that you confront it right away and make sure that the whoever's purchasing materials gets the message that, nope, the purchase order is supposed to be a purchase order for a specific thing if there's something else on it. Why? Number one. Number two, if it's a personal tool, it comes out of their tool account. And number seven is to make sure that you stage jobs and employees coming into the shop. And tech should not come to the shop ever unless it is meeting time or they have to meet with your service manager or you or something along those lines for a specific thing. You want to keep the technicians as busy and as profitably rooted, routed um, in the summertime that you possibly can. It's really, really important that they stay profitable because this is the time to make money. So if you use your materialists and you put them in certain spots in the warehouse, stagger the crews coming in. One, one crew might come in at 7, one crew might come in at 7.30. 7.15, in, load up, out. Um, there are some companies who are larger who have everything staged on the trucks and all the installation crew has to do is come in, find out where they're going, answer any questions, jump in the truck, and take off. It takes five minutes to do that. So you may want to make sure, you know, labor is an issue, obviously, but also make sure that all the materials are there so that you don't spend $100 buying a set of, you know, a box of wire nuts at a supply house in the middle of summer. 
Okay, so here are the things as they relate to inventory for summer. Number one, it's just too easy to pick up another part. You know, after all, you think you're going to use it. Buy what you need and make sure that you have minimum and maximum quantities of all of your parts on your trucks and in your warehouse. Number two, remember to send in warranty parts and send in the claims for warranty. It gets busy in the summer, and if it's 30 days, guess what? I'd hate for you not to get a warranty credit simply because it, quote unquote, you forgot to do it because you were busy. Number three is to do the material list for your jobs and make sure that the materials are placed in a specific part of the warehouse so that number seven, and I'm skipping a little here, you can stage the jobs and employees coming to the shop so that they can immediately see the material list, make sure it's on their truck, sign off on the material list, and then get to their jobs right away. Number four is to please lock up your warehouse. Whoever's taking things out has to write it down, or in some cases you have barcoding. Number five is to use purchase orders and not just with the customer's name. Purchase orders should be individual, one customer per, excuse me, per purchase order, one supplier per purchase order. Make sure that they are followed and make sure that number six, when you track the purchase orders against the supplier bills and make sure that employees aren't adding tools or slipping in another part when you get the bill. And I did say number seven is to stage the jobs. That really goes with number four and locking up the warehouse. So that's inventory for summer. And thank you for joining us. Choose one thing that you discovered and implement it in your business. These ideas, tactics, and strategies help you make more money, have more free time, and give back. If you like today's program, spread the word. Please review this podcast on any device you're listening to it on. Help a fellow contractor make more money, too. For comments or questions, call me at 770-729-0258 or email ruthking at hvacchannel.tv. Thanks for listening. Have a great and profitable day.